0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Even with the storms of winter raging outside in Detroit, the Bears and the Lions had perfect conditions in Ford Field as the Bears looked to complete the season sweep and the Lions hope to maintain their lead in the division which team got their wish and who came away disappointed all of this plus bear up and bear down on the week 14 review episode of the chicago bears review Oh, so close, and yet so far, once again, as our beloved Chicago Bears falls short to the Detroit Lions for the sixth time in, or excuse me, for the seventh time in eight tries to fall to three and ten. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the week 14 review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and it almost, almost was a victory episode. In fact, it should have been, uh, in my opinion, Um very much like we should have beaten Tennessee uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, once again, it was due to our own ineptitude for one reason or another that we are having another, you know, regular episode as far as this season is concerned, instead of a happy victory episode, uh, that we should have had, uh, for the, in my opinion, third week in a row. But, um, You know, we'll get all into it. Um, the The fourth quarter knee jerk reaction is over four minutes long because I had I had plenty to say about the way the game ended because it was, you know, it it was one. It was a really odd game in the fact that it didn't really seem like either team really wanted to win until the the fourth quarter. I mean, like we talked about this with Jeremy Reisman in the preview episode how in 11 of the 12 games the lions were behind in the fourth quarter had to come back and win uh you know at one point or another you know they've now won eight out of their last nine and in all but one they've had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to win it at some point and uh uh, you know, once again, it really wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Lions really turned it on or looked like they had any juice as far as wanting to try to win the football game. But it, it made for an exciting game and, uh, you know, an, an interesting uh, finish, but one that was mind-numbingly frustrating especially for us bear fans to watch it unfold especially on that last drive when the bears were trying to either uh get in field goal range to send it into overtime or possibly win the damn thing uh you know in the in the fourth quarter there so well we got lots to cover because there was a lot going on uh in this game kind of boring in the early going uh you know not a lot of fireworks or uh and whatnot but let's go ahead and uh you know dive right into this thing and uh kick things off with the uh first quarter knee-jerk reaction and uh let's go from there
1: knee-jerk reaction to the bears and the lions after the first quarter and really not a whole lot to talk about uh the the, the Lions and the Bears, only three drives between the two uh, in the first quarter. The Bears uh, gobbled up a bunch of time uh, on their drive, a very good-looking drive that stalled out around the 20. And then they showed off their, uh, how shall I say, their 3-9-ness uh, on that particular series. Because we called a timeout to avoid a delay of game. We had a false start, then a, then another delay of game before having to settle for a Connor Barth field goal. Um, the Lions, with their opening drive, got the ball just past midfield before they stalled out and ended up having to punt uh, to the Bears. So right now it sits 3 nothing. the Bears uh, in the lead. Um, the key to this game for the Bears, especially on defense, is going to be for their defense to work as a unit. You know, the secondary, because of that quick passing game that the Lions enjoy, they're gonna, gonna need to. You know, make sure that they're bottling up those receivers, and then the pass rush has to get there. And it has shown that when the secondary does its job, this, the the pass rush will get after Stafford. We already sacked him uh, once, and we press just pressured him into an intentional grounding penalty just a moment ago uh, before the end of the quarter. So um, so far, it's looking good. Barkley uh, almost threw a pick on the last play before the field goal, but otherwise, looking very sharp uh, thus far against. The better defense in the Detroit Lions and the Bears are holding a lead as we go into the second quarter up by a field goal.
0: (laughs) Very accurate in my saying there, the Bears showing off their three and nine-ness. It was a pretty pretty embarrassing display that they put on there you know like i said they they called the timeout to avoid a delay of game then we had a false start penalty followed by a delay of game uh penalty so it was, it was like okay uh you know didn't we call a timeout to avoid this kind of thing and then that's exactly what we ended up uh you know doing kind of like last week with the whole uh, punt block thing against San Francisco, and I did discover that I was wrong about the player that I named to be the guilty party. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Dave Brown. It was uh, Ben Broniker, our supposed genius from the University of Harvard. So uh, he was the one. He was the guilty party that didn't get out onto the punt team on time, and then ended up giving up the block that uh, got the punt blocked, and then. Uh, you know i will say however that he was the one that was uh that narrowed the field down so the returner ran out of bounds before crossing the goal line so he did make up for it in a way because then the 49ers made fools of themselves and celebrated a touchdown that that didn't happen and get it, ended up getting a penalty on the on the drive but um you know very much an exchange like that you know we had uh we <laughs> Oh man, what a mess that was. But I mean, just, you know, kind of embarrassing like, okay guys, seriously, we're professionals here. Let's let's go ahead and get it right and uh yeah, that whole exchange was pretty pretty hilarious. But uh you know, the, the, on defense, it was a it was a give and take kind of thing, a bend but don't break if you will, um where at, at times like I said, it's, you know, the the defense working as a unit. And, and I know that kind of sounds ridiculous as far as like, well, isn't that what they're supposed to do? But more so what I meant was when the secondary was able to cover, I mean, they they complement each other in that way. When the secondary is able to cover the receivers, it gives the pass rush time to get after Stafford or, you know, On occasion, the pass rush would bring the pressure in order to make things easier for the secondary because they don't have to cover them for five seconds and so on and so forth. That's what the Bears really needed yesterday, and they had lapses in it because obviously that's not, it's easier said. They had easier said than done. So I mean, they would be there. The coverage would be good, but the pass rush wouldn't be able to get there. The offensive line for the Lions did a very good job of uh, protecting Stafford, especially in the second half. The Bears sacked Stafford three times uh, in the first half, including that uh, that intentional grounding penalty that he got saddled with there in the uh, at the end of the first quarter. So um, you know, in the second in the second half, uh, became. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Stafford didn't ring up a lot of yards. I mean, everyone was r- was ranting and raving about his his stats in the first half. He had like 176 yards passing in the first half, but he only finished with like 230. So he only added another 50-plus yards passing uh, to his total in the second half. So the Bears looked a lot better in the second half, but on offense we weren't able to, to close the deal. So – um frustrating to watch but uh you know in the in the first quarter the bears were pretty much in control they had the one long drive where they produced the field goal and were giving the uh the offense of the lions fits there uh in the second quarter the lions take the lead before going into the before going into halftime all thanks to somebody who did not have a good afternoon uh in detroit
1: yeah. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter the Bears and the uh, Lions. It's ten to three now. Uh, the Lions are ahead, uh, thanks to to Tracy Porter, um, who um, committed two big penalties on the last offensive drive for the Lions. One, a thirty-eight yard pass interference penalty and uh, the second, a five-yard, you know, illegal contact penalty that gave the Lions a fresh set of downs near the red zone. Um, you know, the Lions haven't done much in the way of making their own things happen uh, thus far. I mean, the one of two things keeps failing the Bears on defense. Either, you know, the secondary is doing its job and the pass rush can't get there, or the pass rush is getting its job done, but, you know, Stafford's getting the ball off just in time to find a guy wide open in the secondary. I mean, so one thing or the other is failing the Bears, which is why I was saying after the first quarter they need to work more uh as a unit here because they're they're uh, they're coming up short uh thus far, but uh you know, the Lions aren't doing anything that the Bears can't handle uh right now. I mean, it's um it's kind of frustrating to watch. Offense really needs to step it up though. Um, you know they barely had the football once again another reason why the defense is kind of uh, falling off because the offense is leaving the defense out there for extended uh, periods uh, of time so um, second half the Bears start with the football they're only down a touchdown it's still anybody's ball game but uh, we're going to have to see much more consistency on the offensive side and I I have two words two words for Doe Loggins and the offense play action okay play action because they are keying on Jordan Howard there's tons of people in the box he's having trouble uh, getting he's got 40 yards rushing thus far but you know he's struggling to get yards because the, the Lions are don't fear our wide receiver nor should they anyway but play action I think will open things up for the offense they need to employ it hopefully we'll see it when we kick off the second half With
0: the football. Kind of goes back to the strategy I wanted the Bears to employ going into that Tennessee game because it was going to be Matt Barkley's first start and the, you know, just... Just rather, you know, regular common sense would dictate that they would put the game heavily into the hands of Jordan Howard. So I wanted the Bears to come out throwing the football so as to get the defense to back off the line of scrimmage a little bit and, you know, open things up for the running game. Very similar to what the Bears, you know, what I wanted them to do in this football game uh, against the Lions because it was clear. It was clear that they were definitely uh, more than ready and prepared to stop jordan howard now he was getting his yards breaking through here and there first down nice chunky yardage here so on and so forth but more more times than not he was having to earn those yards after running into a brick wall of defenders at the line of scrimmage Uh, you know, throughout the entire uh, first half. And it kind of, you know, moved on into the second half as well. He ended up with 86 yards rushing, but for the most part was a non-factor in the fourth quarter, something that I really would like Doyle Loggins to fix because the Bears were never so far out of the game that we couldn't run the football but uh, you know once Logan once Loggins gets behind he panics and all of a sudden we're throwing the football no matter what but uh, you know throughout the uh, the first half it was uh, you know kind of frustrating to watch the offense uh, operate the way that they were Uh, like I said with the defense uh, you know either the the secondary was doing its job and the but the pass rush couldn't get there or the pass rush was putting on pressure but Stafford was finding out Guys, wide open you know in the secondary that's what was happening over and over again it was either one or the other they weren't able to do it together too many times however in the second half things did open up a little bit they weren't able to sack stafford like they did in the second half but the defense was much better at shutting the lions down because they had a lot more trouble scoring points uh in the fir- in the second half than they did uh in the first um you know, going into the uh, into the second half. Of course, the first play from scrimmage for the Bears was a play action pass. I think it was incomplete, if I'm not mistaken. But at least they did it. I was very happy. It's almost like, hey, somebody's listening to me. It's about time uh, they did that. And Jordan Howard was able to add to his rushing total. He nearly doubled uh, his rushing total from halftime into the. You know, like I said, he finished with 86 yards. He's only like. 20-something yards away from 1,000 because I think he had like 887 coming into this game and he finished with 86 yards so he doesn't need much over the next three games to break 1,000 yards and he didn't even start playing until what week three week four something like that so a pretty impressive accomplishment on Jordan Howard's uh, part with the way that he's been running uh, the football this season and I really like watching this kid Run the football, but um, you know, in the second half, the game was a little boring. In the first half, second half, things start to get a little bit more uh, exciting as uh, the Bears and the Lions continue to mix it up.
1: Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Lions after three quarters and. The deficit is down to three. The Bears gave up a field goal to the Lions and then came back with a really good-looking touchdown drive of their own. Uh, Josh Bellamy catching balls like a professional wide receiver. Jordan Howard able to get a big runoff and uh, about 31 yards on, on one play in particular. And then another 30-yard touchdown pass from Barkley to Cameron Meredith and a great throw from Barkley to Meredith to get that score uh, to make it 13-10. to The big thing that's concerning me right now, Uh, is on defense. Uh, Right now, the Lions are on a drive where they're basically doing whatever they want. The 29th-ranked rush defense offense in the NFL is starting to run all over our defense, and... um you know, it, it's coming to the point where anytime the Lions need five yards, they get six. They need ten yards, they get twelve. That kind of thing over and and over again. And, um, you know, the defense needs to buckle down. Because uh, I feel like the offense had got some momentum on that last drive, and the defense has given it all back to Detroit now. They're in Chicago territory. They're driving. It's only a field goal lead, so plenty of time for the Bears to turn this thing around but defense has got to step up force a turnover, shut down the drive, get the ball back in the hands of the offense so we can go ahead and try to win this thing
0: Just sitting here looking at the, the actual play-by-play uh, of the second half as far as you know detailing the, the plays I'm looking here on my the ESPN app on my phone and one problem that I'm seeing here is uh, you know the defense having trouble getting itself off the field the Bears started with the football in the second half four plays on the first drive only took three minutes off the clock before punting the ball uh, back to uh, the Lions then the Lions went on a 10 play six or six minute drive that that uh, ended in their field goal to give themselves the 13-point lead. Then came the Bears' touchdown drive. The only problem with the Bears' touchdown drive is that it was only four plays and two minutes and 16 seconds long. So before you know it, yes, we're only down a field goal, but the defense is right back out on the field because we had plays of 31 yards, the run by Jordan Howard, a negative three-yard run from Jordan Howard, then a – Uh, 16-yard pass to Bellamy, which was a beautiful catch, by the way, and then the beautiful throw from Barkley to Cameron Meredith for the 31-yard touchdown pass to give the Bears uh – you know, to cut the lead down to three, followed by an 11-play, 66-yard drive where the Bears ended up picking off uh, Stafford in the end zone. It was a tip drill, uh, tipped by Callahan, bounced off Golden Tate's face mask into the hands of DeMontre Hurst, killed that drive. Otherwise, the Bears are looking at a, uh, you know, a 10-point deficit there uh, in the fourth quarter, but we got the interception, and, uh, you know, we're able to to kill that drive, but, uh, you know... From that point, it was – it was (laughs) – You know that's kind of it's it's a bittersweet moment. Yes, the Bears were able to get the ball back. Yeah, they were able to uh, get the touchdown, put together a good drive, get into the end zone. But it was only four plays. It's almost like we did it too fast. You know, the defense was just out on the field for for over six minutes, eleven plays, uh, and so on. And granted, that's their fault and and, and whatnot. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, hey, great job, offense. How about we do it in eight plays instead of four next time? Give the defense a break. And then the defense went back out there and gave up another 11-play drive, if not for the the interception, which the defense finally churned out. Um, You know, it could have been much worse uh, than it ended up being. Uh, The fourth quarter is where all the the fireworks were because I think that's actually when the – that was the drive that, was, that we were talking about uh, right there at the end of the reaction that the, you know, the Lions are starting to run the ball down the defense's throat. So it was kind of like showing the defense was getting tired again because the offense was uh, you know, not hanging on to the football uh, for very long. I mean, just on those two drives in the third quarter, we're looking at a total of about five and a half minutes time of possession you know, in that third quarter, which which leaves the Lions with over nine and a half minutes, uh, you know, keeping the defense out there for about twenty something plays, uh and whatnot. So, you know, the defense starting to show that they're being worn down, not to mention, you know, the drives and such that they were out on the field for uh, you know, in the uh in the first half and um you know, six play drive, twelve play drive, ten play drive, um Yeah. In the first half for the Lions and and the Lions started things off with a nine, nine plays on the first drive, then five plays, 12 plays, 10 plays uh, in the first half. So, you know, the racking up the racking up the yardage there and um, or the times and the plays and uh, and so on. And the defense was was showing that it was getting worn out there. By you know, like I said, the 29th rushing attack in the league was running the ball down their throat there, uh, at the end and into the, uh, into the fourth quarter. But like I said, the fourth quarter is where all the fireworks. Uh, took place a uh, couple of touchdowns from both sides including a crazy finish uh, for the Bears and the Lions to come to the final score that we ended up with 20-17 to 17, in favor of the Lions and now here I present to you my very unhappy very long winded fourth quarter knee jerk reaction
1: knee jerk reaction to the fourth quarter the Bears and the Lions and I am absolutely disgusted right now um, because the, for the second time in three weeks uh, Josh Bellamy has let the Bears down again and um, although it should have never gotten to that point let, let me let me first say that um, the Bears took the lead in the fourth quarter on a pick six from Craven LeBlanc uh, picked off Stafford second time that the Bears have picked him off in the fourth quarter actually that drive that the, the Lions were on at the end of the third quarter um, was a uh, there was a pass to Golden Tate tipped by Bryce Callahan bounced off of Golden Tate's face mask into the hands of Demontre Hurst for the interception and then Trayvon LeBlanc win the when the Lions were deep in their own territory, pick six on Stafford to go up 17-13. to 13. The Lions answer uh, on one of the most pathetic displays of tackling I've ever seen. Um, Matt Stafford scores on a seven-yard touchdown run uh, to take the lead 20-17, to 17. Um, but the Bears had tons of missed opportunities on that drive as well. The Bears had the Lions on third down, and uh, Anquan Bolden caught a pass in the flat and a, a wide-open tackle was missed there. He gets a big gain to to move the chains and and move the football. Um, On the fourth quarter drive, the 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 game-winning, which could have been at least the game-tying drive. The Bears are moving the football down the field. Barkley's ice water in his veins, man. This guy uh, really been impressed with him. And he played well against the Lions uh, today. He almost threw a couple of picks. He got lucky uh, like a lot of quarterbacks do. And On back-to-back plays, back-to-back plays, the Bears get into Lions territory. Um, I forget who the first catch was. I think it was Meredith caught a pass, um, turns the the, – cuts the pass to the outside, curls it inside, gets about 30 yards on the play, uh, gets the Bears near the 20-yard line. So we're at least going to kick a field goal and send this to overtime. Called on a holding penalty, Charles Lino. And he got beat. So he did that thing where you have kind of hugging him on the hips so that he can't get to the quarterback blatant quarterback uh, ref's going to call it every time. Very next play on second and tw- on first and 20, Matt Barkley drops back, fires it down the middle of the field wide open. Amazing catch from Daniel Braverman, his first catch uh, of the game. Uh, you know, first and 20 the bears get 25. They're right back where they were. They got all that yardage back. Another first down instead Another holding penalty. This time it was Ted Larson doing the exact same thing Leno just got busted doing. So now it's 1st and 30. The Bears get it down to 4th and 11 a couple of plays later. They throw it to, he throws it to Bellamy who was open. And I don't know what the hell Bellamy's deal is with jumping. He has to jump every time that a ball comes his way. He has to jump in the air to go get it every single time. Instead of running in stride and catching the ball with his hands, which he did really nicely earlier on in the football game, he feels the need to jump up and the ball bangs right off his chest for an incomplete pass. Ball game over. Lions win. The Bears had 11 penalties for almost 140 yards in this game. That's why we lost. Not because the Lions beat us, because the Bears beat themselves this should have been a lions sweep the bears should be on a three game win streak with wins over tennessee san francisco and detroit heading into that game with green bay next week but instead we're 3 and 10 and just there's no excuse for this one the bears should have won this game uh today or at least we should be I should be talking about how we're going into overtime with the momentum right now but instead we fall to 3 and 10 and that's it yep.
0: that right there That's why I do the knee-jerk reactions because there's no way I'd have been able to generate all of that in that period of time after I've had 24-plus hours to – to ingest and think about and and all that kind of stuff i'm i'm still upset about it it still pisses me off to think about it but that was in the moment that's why i do the knee-jerk reactions right there because i was super pissed at the end of the game that we gave that thing away we absolutely gave it away there's no reason that the lions should have won that football game the bears just you know The Bears squandered every opportunity that we had, especially, and it was just kind of all encapsulated in that last drive. You know, that pass to Meredith, like I said, he caught a pass, caught it like a curl route on the outside, decided to turn it back. Instead of going like going to the sideline because we we're on like a two minute drill, instead of trying to take it to the sideline, he cut it inside, was able to run all the way across the field, but got the ball down well with they had that little, uh, you know, field goal range graphic to show like where the Bears needed to get to be within Connor Bard's field goal range. He was past that and, you know, close to the red zone before he finally got uh, forced out of bounds. The penalty comes back. Ironically, and I read this later on, of course I didn't care in the moment, but this was the first time that Leno's been called for holding since week four, which was ironically – against the Detroit Lions as well. So, I mean, granted, you know, Lino's done a better job because how many times did 72 get called for holding last season? I mean, it was kind of ridiculous uh, at one point. But his first holding penalty in 10 weeks ends up to, you know, it's like what a hell of a hell of a time to get caught. I mean, I'm sure he's held once or twice in the last 10 weeks. But of, of all the times to get caught holding, you pick now, you know, to get to be blatantly, you know, beaten like that. It was just – you know, and then the one for Ted Larson. He's he's a guard. So he got beat on the inside uh, by his guy. Same thing. Guy got past him, so he just threw an arm out to try to stay in front of him. And it, you know, basically looks like he's hugging him around the hips, like literally holding him from the quarterback. And that uh, negated that great catch from Daniel Braveman. That kid was jacked after he caught that pass too. You know, had to jump up and got it with his hands. You know, brought it down. And then, like I said, on fourth and eleven, I don't know what the hell Bellamy's deal is. Is with the jumping like the touchdown pass that he dropped against Tennessee he's standing there in the end zone by himself his defenders falling down and what does he do he jumps up in the air for what why you know it bounces off his chest and he drops the football same thing happens here that catch that awesome catch that he made in the third quarter Barkley threw it up in the air, Bellamy reaches up with his hands, boom, brings it down. You know, first down Bears, you know, very next play they throw the touchdown pass to Meredith. Uh, but this time, he's he's open, he's got to step on his man. All he needs to do is reach his hands out and and bring it down, but instead, he jumps up in the air and it bounces right off his shoulder and he drops the football. You know, I don't know what it is. The guy can't body catch. I mean, that's that's obvious because the he had to uh, he, he like I said he had 93 yards uh, catching in the game last week against San Francisco, and he dropped passes last week where he tried to catch them against his chest. I don't know what it is, you know uh, about you know I don't know maybe if he's doing one of those old school tricks where uh, like some defensive lineman would put uh, uh, Pam, you know the you know the, the the what do you use on your the your pans for for greasing the pan and whatnot they would put pam on their jerseys so their opponents wouldn't be able to grab onto him with bellamy primarily being a special teamer does he do that to himself so when he's a gunner trying to run downfield to to make a, a tackle on a punt return or whatever you know is is he doing that so his opponents can't get a handle on him or whatever because the ball just squirts right off of him uh like like it's no business you know when he when he does his catching with his hands he does a much better job he's a much more for lack of a better term accurate pass catcher when he's catching the ball with his hands but when he tries to incorporate his body and tries to catch it off his chest or pull it into his bread basket or something then all hell breaks loose and you know it's 50-50 and it's almost always the wrong 50 that we come up with uh, on those uh, on those receptions so <sighs> So that's how it broke down, you know. We should have won the game uh, against Detroit. At the very least, like I said there at the end, uh, there should be an overtime knee-jerk reaction here where maybe the Bears win, maybe they don't, but at least we sent it to overtime and we had a chance to win the game uh, and so on. But instead, uh, you know, the Bears decided to uh, snatch victory or snatch defeat from the jaws of victory because they had all the momentum going in there. And, uh, you know, in that drive and we gave it back three times, three times there, you know, we um, actually we we had it twice and then decided not to take it a third time because those two at the very least in field goal range, the the Meredith catch and then the the, um, um, Braverman uh, catch that got the Bears well within field goal range uh we gave it back with the holding penalties and then Josh Bellamy decided that uh you know third time was not going to be the charm and decided to drop the football I mean I know he didn't decide to drop it but damn it seriously bro you know it's like he's uh he's like the reverse uh Mark Mariani where where last year you know, because he was forced into duty, he performed very well at times for the Bears as a receiver. I wanted the Bears to bring him back, but not as a punt returner. I thought he was a lousy punt returner, so bring Mark Mariani, wide receiver, back, but don't bring Mark Mariani, the punt returner, back. If Josh Bellamy is to return to the Bears, and I wouldn't be against that, let it be Josh Bellamy, the special teams player, because he's a very good special teams player. Let you know, let it be Bellamy, the special teamer don't even think about making him a wide receiver hell we need help in the secondary make bellamy a db you know make him a freaking safety i don't care just don't put him back out there at wide receiver i was just watching the uh catholics versus convicts uh documentary on espn the 30 for 30 and there was a guy on that team in 80 it was about the the 88 uh game between the um hurricanes and the um the The Fighting Irish, and one of the players on the the '88 Irish team was a guy named Pat Terrell, who's who who was recruited to Notre Dame as a quarterback. They turn him into a wide receiver, and then <laughs> my favorite quote in the whole show is a two hour documentary. My favorite quote in the whole thing was that uh, apparently Pat Terrell was a terrible pass catcher. So Lou Holtz uh, calls him over and says to him, um, "You know, Pat, you might be the best wide receiver I've ever coached." until we throw you the damn ball. Next spring I'm going to make you a free safety. And he ended up, uh, as a free safety, making an interception that uh, you know basically won the, the the Irish the game in 88. So, But I, I laughed my ass off when he said that. You're the best receiver I've ever coached until we throw you the damn ball. And Josh Bellamy does a good job at getting open. He's obviously a fast guy. He does a good job of getting open. He's an excellent receiver. Until we throw him the ball, then we're all like uh, – then we all become Catholics. We're on our knees praying to God, please, God, let him catch the ball, you know. Well, and then sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And when he's trying to catch the ball with his body, more times than not, that ball's going to squirt right out of his hands. So so we let it get away from us. We, uh, and then the other thing was I was reading an article today uh, talking about what's, uh, what's amazing about this Bear defense. Is that it's ranked sixth in the NFL against the pass? Only 219 yards a game this defense is allowing uh, in the passing game, and uh, still a top 10 ranked defense, th- you know, throughout the throughout the league. And they're doing it with a secondary filled with people uh, that were either uh, you know like low draft picks or undrafted uh, free agents, and you know, you know, outcasts basically. And um, it went on a, a list of you know yeah this team is 3 and 10 but it very well could be like 7 and 6 or something like that because it broke down oh yeah we you know they had the lead against uh Indianapolis in the fourth quarter until they gave up a touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton, the one guy that everybody in the stadium knew that Andrew Luck was throwing it to. Uh, they lost the game in the fourth quarter against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's two games right there. We had the game the two weeks ago against Tennessee. Should have won that game, but the offense let him down on that one. And then, of course, yesterday, the game against the Lions at the very least should have gone to overtime and I think the Bears would have had the momentum to take it, but they didn't, so that's at least four games. At least four right there. So the Bears would be three and ten to being seven and six. And only being a game back because the, the, the Lions would be eight and five. The Bears would be seven and six, one game back of the leader with a sweep over the division leader right now. So, I mean that's night and day compared to, to where we could be, to where we are right now. And it very much like the conversation that I had with Jeremy when we had him on the show was, you know, yeah, you guys are eight and four, but are you a confident eight and four? Because with the twists and turns, the narrow victories, and so on and so forth, you could be like the Bears. You could be three and nine, just like us. Uh, you know, it very much could be, uh, you know, the same thing. Whereas, uh, uh, the Bears could be in a better situation and uh, they could have uh, the confidence of having won those games and closed them down, having the ability to close those games out instead of letting them uh, get away. So you know the lions that's the difference between these two teams. you know they're, they're very much very similar, which would you know goes to show the narrow margins in both games, a field goal victory for both teams in the in the game in the games uh, this year. So, you know, it looks like ability-wise, we're on similar planes because we're having these knockdown, drag-out battles between the two of us. It's just that when they're playing the other teams, the Lions have the ability to close, the Bears don't, and that's the real difference between the two teams uh, right now because talent-wise, I think the Bears are proving, or maybe it's the coaching, I don't know. As ironic as that is with all the talk about John Fox maybe not returning uh, next year, that um you know maybe john fox is doing an amazing job because we're at the very least in these ball games uh at the end so i don't know i mean it's it's a mess this is going to be one of the craziest off seasons uh we've had in a while and i also just read a report that the, if if the bears make a couple of cuts here and there we could have much as 75 million in cap space going into the off season who couldn't we sign with 75 million in cap space going into the off season but um anyway that's a discussion for a different time and um you know that's going to do it for the for the review of this football game and now we're done with all the knee-jerk reactions and so on what do you say we go ahead and close this thing out with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down Bear up and bear down for the week 14 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And despite the loss, the bear up list much longer than the bear down list. But I'm going to go with a comparison for the first bear up and bear down here. We got bear up to Cameron Meredith, six catches, 72 yards and a touchdown on eight targets on Sunday, uh, and that obviously is not including the twenty-seven, twenty-eight yard reception that was taken from him due to the holding penalty from Charles Leno. So he very much could had a could have had a one hundred yard day had it not been for the holding penalty. But um, six catches on eight targets, as opposed to bear down, Josh Bellamy, three catches on seven targets. See, we all know as football fans and realists that our quarterback is not going to have a perfect day every single day, that not every receiver is going to catch every ball thrown to them. It's just the law of averages. But Cameron Meredith catches on eight targets. For you mathematicians at home, that's 75%. I can definitely deal with that. And uh, Josh Bellamy, three for seven, um, you know, That's less than half, so probably in the 40% range on the 3-for-7, including the one that you dropped there at the end that could have given us a first down and extended the drive and got us into field goal range, you know, one of those minor things. So bear up to Meredith, bear down to Bellamy. Awesome job Meredith is doing uh, in relief. Hopefully um, he can step up for us next week when Alshon is back, and I'll talk more about that in the preview episode Uh, later on this week when we talk about that because having alshon back is going to be a huge boost for the offense but we're really going to need these receivers to step up in this game because who the hell are the packers going to focus on defensively on sunday in the passing game they're going to be focusing on alshon jeffrey so guys like bellamy and meredith and deontay thompson are really going to have to step up and do their part So that the Packers have to focus on everybody as opposed to just double teaming Jeffrey all throughout the football game and leaving the, you know, leaving those guys to their own devices because they really can't be trusted anyway. They really need to step up in this game against Green Bay because I definitely think it's the one the Bears can get uh, if they put their minds and hearts to it on Sunday. So um, moving right along, Bear up to Matt Barkley. Uh, Statistically, not the most impressive football game, but... You know, twenty for thirty-two, two hundred and twelve yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions for the second game in a row. Only one time he was sacked in his thirty-three dropbacks uh, on Sunday. So, kudos to Barkley. And then, like like I said, once again in the fourth quarter, almost letting led us to a game tying and or game winning drive there uh, in the fourth quarter. Only for his teammates to let him down on that one. There's really no other way to put that. Uh, Jordan Howard, bear up to Jordan. 13 carries, 86 yards, honestly, uh, bear down to Doa Loggins. we got to find a way to get this guy more involved. 13 carries, I mean, 86 yards, that's nearly 7 yards, 6.6 it says. 6.6 yards a carry for this guy, and we only got the ball in his hand 13 times. Now, we got to do a better job of that. I mean, I saw a stat floating around, I don't remember where, but any time that Jordan Howard has carried the ball more than 20 times, the Bears have won all three of those games. The Bear, he carried the ball 20 times against uh, Minnesota. He carried the ball more than 20 times in our first win over Detroit. Carried the ball 30 times last week against the 49ers. We won all those games. All the other games, he hasn't carried the ball 20 times. The Bears lost them all. So, I mean, maybe we should try to play with the law of averages here and go with that 13 times for Jordan Howard when he's having a day like that is not good enough. And like I said, the Bears were never so far behind that we had to abandon the run game and just stick with the pass. Jordan Howard needs to be more involved uh, in the offense. He absolutely has to. So uh, bear down to Dole Loggins. Bear up to Jordan Howard for making the most of your opportunities uh, yesterday. Uh, Bear up. This is more of an apology, but I have the stats to back it up at least. Bear up to Daniel Brown making up for putting you on the – on the no-no list last week, uh, four catches. Daniel Brown, six catches, 42 yards on six targets, Josh Bellamy. Three catches, seven targets. You should be ashamed of yourself. You know, he only had 42 yards, but every time the ball was thrown in Daniel Brown's uh, direction, he caught the football. Had some really looking good-looking catches out there too as well. So that's more of a, uh, you know, six catches on six targets. That's pretty – he's the only perfect receiver that we had. Uh, Yesterday, and is somewhat of an apology for putting you on the bear down list last week when it wasn't you that made that mistake. So bear up to Daniel Brown, bear up Nick Kwiatkowski. The kid's just everywhere. You know, it's going to be cool in a couple of weeks when Jarrell Freeman comes back and John Timu can go back on the bench. You know, Freeman and Kwiatkowski out there together looks like a pretty good combination to finish out the season with Trevathan uh, being down with the knee injury and very well because of the lateness of that injury. It's a six- to nine-month injury for Trevathan, who you know could be our panomic fee next year that starts the year on the pup list and misses the first six games or whatever. Freeman and Kwiatkowski being our starting inside linebackers next year. I don't have any reservations about that. So but the kid is really playing well. Uh didn't make the tackle but busted up a a screenplay so that uh you know the, his teammates would come in there behind him. And he was credited with a sack yesterday uh as well. So he is definitely stepping up and making the most of his opportunities. The rookie out of West Virginia, um, you know, doing a great job. I wish we could say that by the about the other rookie from West Virginia that we drafted last year, uh in Kevin White, but uh injuries uh the injury bug just doesn't want to leave that poor kid alone. Uh, bear up to Cravon LeBlanc, the pick six that gave the Bears the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. Just made a great play uh, on the ball, broke on it, got the got the ball. Ran, I mean, against a veteran receiver too. He was up against uh, Anquan Bolden. Uh, he makes the move on the pass. to Bolden takes it in for the touchdown, gives the Bears the lead. You know, just and he's really played solid. You know, he he makes rookie mistakes just like all rookies do, but he's learning, and he's there each and every week uh, and made a big play for the Bears. that gave him a lead on the road against the division leader uh, on Sunday that very well could have been uh, an amazing uh, play for the Bears or that could have been an amazing outcome for the Bears if we had been able to hold on. Um, bear up, and I'm going to share this one, to Bryce Callahan and Demontre Hurst. First to Callahan for tipping the pass and Hurst for being there. Um for the interception in the uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter that killed that drive uh, for the Lions, uh, that eleven play sixty six yard drive that ended in the end zone when Hurst got the first of the two interceptions uh, in the ball game. So I'm going to let them share that Bear Award, and then finally I want to give one to Counter Barth. Uh, he kicked two extra points. Uh, only had one field goal opportunity yesterday, but. He isn't the liability he was early on in the season where any time he cups on, onto the field, everyone is uh, you know, their buttholes pucker up. I'm like, oh God, here we go again. So, you know, I want to give uh kind of a you know cumulative bear up to to Connor Barth for 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 being for you know for putting it through the uprights. I don't think he's missed a kick in a while. Not since the not since missing an extra point in the Giants game. He's pretty much been perfect to uh, since then, so just want to give one to to Connor Barth for, for not being the, the headache or the uh, nightmare that he was earlier on uh, in the season. So I think we'll go ahead and end it there. Our beloved Chicago Bears now get ready to play against our oldest and most hated rival in the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. They're coming into Soldier Field, see if the Bears can avenge their uh, Week 7 loss against the packers of course that was on a thursday night game um you know and we we were only down a field goal going into the fourth quarter before uh green bay kind of ran away with it there at the end but uh you know hopefully things will be different for us at home on sunday green bay is on a four game winning streak they're hot right now so um we just need to get after these guys three game win streak three game winning streak if they beat the bears then it'll be 4 but i would love nothing more than for the bears to win on sunday number 1 to avoid the sweep and number 2 to ruin green bay's chances of making the playoffs cuz that's really the only role the bears have right now but for, especially for their last three opponents the the packers the redskins and the vikings these next 3 weeks all three of these teams are on the cusp of making the playoffs. They're all three are on the outside looking in right now. None of them is in and they all n- basically need to win out in order to make the playoffs. So if the Bears can give each of these teams a loss on the way out the door, I would be that would be fantastic for me. And for all you idiots nodding your heads about, well, what about our draft position? Screw our draft position. I want the Bears to win. I don't care about the draft position. I don't care. I want the Bears to win. We'll worry about who we can draft when the season is over. When the season is over, okay? Let's worry about it after the season is done, okay? Whether we're 4-12, and 5-11, 6-10, it does not matter. We'll pick who we're going to pick, when we're able to pick. I don't care about our draft position. I really don't. Okay, it just it seems so stupid to me. I see people talking about it on message boards and all that kind of stuff. Somebody was actually like, whew, the Bears didn't win yesterday. I was so pissed off when I read that. Okay, but rather than get an argument with that person, just it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's I can't talk to somebody who's going to think that way. Oh, good. They lost. Thank God. You know, it's like I said last week. I want the Bears to win them losing and maintaining a higher draft position is a silver lining at best. At best. I want the Bears to win each and every week. I'm not looking for them to lose out just so we have the chance to pick someone third overall or anything like that. So it doesn't really – that doesn't matter to me at all. It really doesn't. So – I want the Bears to win. I want the Bears to win all three of these games. I want to beat Green Bay. I want to beat Washington next week, and I want to beat Minnesota to close out the year. I don't care about our draft position. I don't care. So that's my final piece uh, on that. But uh, come back on Thursday when we will have Evan Western from Acme Packing Company on SB Nation despite his allegiance one of our favorite guests here on the show we'll have him we'll talk about Bears and Green Bay uh, going into this next You uh, know, there's a lot on the line here for Green Bay uh, especially so the Bears looking to avoid the sweep Green Bay looking to contr- uh, continue their winning streak and, and try, to win, uh, try to win out and even then they still might not make the playoffs so it's still a gamble either way but uh, you know they can only help themselves if they continue to win so We've got lots to talk about with Evan on Thursday, so we'll be back to talk about that Bears Packers uh, season finale, if you will, when we come back on Thursday. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.